Like, well, let, let's start off with some some statistics here that some people okay. may or may not be familiar with, right? right. So over 140 suicides every day uh, on average in this country alone, mm. which is unfortunate. And I'll tell you this, you know, the suicide rate among men is three to four times what it is among women. However, women tend to be diagnosed with depression, which is one of the primary risk factors for suicide, about twice as often as men are. Now, does that mean that men are never getting depressed or they're never experiencing anxiety or they're never getting stressed out? No, it doesn't mean that, right? What it means is that they're not talking about it. They're not talking about what they're feeling and they're not getting help. They're not getting diagnosed. Taking Off The Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. Dr. Brown is a psychiatrist and the author of The Self-Healing Mind. We don't do a lot of deep dive into the book, but we do talk about our own individual masks and about how it's showing up in the world around us. But something really important that I learned about his work is that he talks about this idea of how the mind can be a part of our own self-healing. And maybe that may sound confusing to you, but as a psychiatrist, he knows the value and the importance of therapy and for those who need it of medicine. But he's also learned through his research and through his experience that there's some other practices that we can experience that are going to help us be more whole. And he describes them as the five pillars of self-care. Breathing mindfully, sleep, spirituality nutrition, and movement. I mean, I don't know about you in that list and the ones that you do a lot of and or none of or little of, or I'm going to read them again to you. Breathing mindfully, sleep, spirituality, nutrition, and movement. And I think as I've kind of began and thinking about 2023, I've been really working on some of those that normally um, I didn't spend a lot of attention on. You know, like personally, sleep. I made a commitment to get seven hours a night for the next month. Now, I'm not doing so good on it yet, but I'm getting better at it. I'm more mindful of it that three and four and five hours a night is not going to be enough for me to have a, enough focus to do the things that I have that I want to do in the world, the dreams that I have, the big goals. And I'm realizing that sometimes I'm operating on fumes because I'm not recharging myself enough. I'll let you think about yourself and how you want to incorporate any of the other ones in there. But in this conversation, Dr. Brown and I talk about some really important topics. Not only do we really share our own masks with each other, you really get to hear about what's happening out in the world. Now, this in this conversation, we're going to talk about the topic of suicide. So if you are um, a person who you know feels your nervous system gets activated around those topics, be mindful. We don't go into any detail, but it does come up. And I think one data point that I was not aware of at least I knew it at one point, but I had forgotten it, that I'm going to tell you here is that about on average, 140 people a day here in the United States commit suicide. 140. I mean, that's a lot of people. And um, I don't take that number lightly. And I hope that you don't take that number lightly. But what I hope that we get to do in these conversations 
with not only psychiatrists like Dr. Brown, but just men from the community, teachers, educators, parents, scientists, doctors, people who are just trying to be good parents. I hope we recognize that there's so much more to each of us than anybody can see by looking at us. That's the work that the Million Mass Movement is doing. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Dr. Brown. And I hope that if this conversation inspires you, that you won't keep it to yourself, that you will tell someone about it. If you haven't yet made a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org. You can do it anonymously. You don't have to share it with anyone if you don't. But if you get inspired, maybe there's somebody in your life who you want to share and ask them to make a mask as well. We're we're in a really exciting season of our work. And so if you have not yet seen what we're up to in, in any place of social media or our website, please check it out because there's some great news coming real soon. So um, as we release this episode today, I want you to know um, that some of the news I can't tell you about yet, but it's coming real soon. So please stay tuned and uh, find the ways that make sense for you to stay connected to our work. Um, we look forward to you making your own mask. And if any of you are feeling that you need to talk to someone about feelings of self-harm or of suicide, um, the new phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 988. Again, it used to be a 1-800 number. I don't have that memorized, but the new number is 988. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Thank you for doing your work around your own mask. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. Dr. Brown, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Ashanti. It's good to be with you. Glad to be with you, man. Look, would you um, introduce yourself? What do you want folks to know about you before we jump into these masks? But tell, tell, tell the folks a little bit about yourself or whatever you feel comfortable telling as we get ready to jump in. Well, I think the most important thing people should know about me is that I'm fired up about mental health. Um, it's one of those topics, as you know, that we're all thinking about. We're just not talking about it enough. And so I think the more we can have these conversations, you know, the better off we'll all be. Um, now, my day job, I'm a psychiatrist. I work with patients. I live here in Texas. Um, I've also written a book called The Self-Healing Mind. Here's my book right here uh, that I encourage everyone to check out. Uh, I work with men's health, so I write a column for the magazine. I actually met you uh, through an Instagram live we did over at Men's Health. So we're always on there having conversations like this about male mental health. But again, I think the the most important thing is that I'm someone who's who's passionate about mental health. Oh, man. Well, I enjoyed that conversation. And I think my, my first connection to men's health came through an organization called Everyman, Yep. who had me on there. And I think you may, I think you may have attended that one a long time ago. That was during the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was glad to be a part of that circle of, of, of men also talking. And when you invited me, I was so thankful um, to get eyes, more eyes and ears. And, you know, when you look at social media, all you can tell is the, the number of clicks or whatever or likes, but hopefully the words went and connected people's hearts, right? That they do something, right? The goal is... Yeah. So whatever you hear and the stuff you take in, if you don't do anything with it, it doesn't have really any value. But hopefully something that we said would spark a man to ask for some help or tell somebody he needed something or to readjust their position in the relationship because it's either working or not working or it could work better. And I think those are all the things that I'm thankful for. So thank you for the work you're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. For, again, just to echo that, you know, with all of the negative things about social media, I think one of the beautiful things about it, uh, like you said, is that conversations like the one we're having right now, they can live on, right? Sure. People can share them with their friends, with their family members, uh, and hopefully they'll, they'll resonate with the people who listen to them. Yeah. And some that, you know, were two years ago finally resurfaced and it really re-energizes because it people weren't ready for it back then, right? The right. the idea, the concept, the 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 aha sometimes is ahead of its time, right? And I think that That's right. how do we continue to find those words of of inspiration for for ourselves? And so, you know, you and I get to share these masks publicly, right? And I think what we've been asking people to do all over the world is, hey, just first make it anonymously. Go anonymously. Go to the website. Make a mask. And I definitely look forward to hearing uh, after we do our masks. You tell me more. Tell us more about the self healing mind. Because I imagine mm -hmm. some people would think that you have to go see somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or what are what what or what are the things I have to go do to get ready to for my mind to heal itself? Because I know that I have carried a whole lot of stuff from childhood, a lot of baggage, you know. Mm. That that sometimes feels heavy and drawn out, and it's like I should be over this by now, and so I don't I don't want to talk about it. I should be over, but we don't get to control. If we never healed it, it just was waiting for this time to for it to come back to a place of no, of knowing, you know. Yeah, and we have to be intentional about it, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to self care, uh, so often Ashanti people are like, oh, this is just. It's common sense stuff. Like we need sure. to eat right. We need to take care of our, our our bodies. We need to to exercise. We need to focus on sleep. But but then we're not doing it right. That's so right. That's right. Uh, the important thing is that again, if we want to improve our mental health, we have to be intentional about uh, improving our our mental health. Beautiful, and that's what this is about. So, my my, my little um, contribution to this work is to engage more conversations like this with men of all ages from all backgrounds around the world to know that they're not alone that right that that what we may be going to do different things but there's more than just me going through what i'm going through and right. because we got so good as men of not talking about it uh we uh we would ultimately think that nobody else is possibly going through what we're going through yeah. But I think that these conversations are starting to happen more and more and more people when our younger generations are are letting us know we're, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> you right. may not want to hear it, but we're going to talk about it, you know. Right. Um, so um, I maybe we'll jump into the mask. I heard a quote. I want to I want to I don't know if you've heard this or you may have seen this, but it's um maybe it'll come in as we as we chat. I'm, I'll find it in a minute. Um, I heard a quote just the other day that's really been resonating with me and uh I'm going to find it before um, we, 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 we sign off, but I want to have us jump into our masks. So All right, folks out it. there, uh, Dr. Brown and I are going to share our masks publicly, but you can do yours privately at millionmask.org, millionmask.org. There's only three steps, so uh, he and I are going to do ours right now. So Dr. Brown, you got a piece of paper, right? Got it right here. All right. So uh, um, fold the paper in half, like uh, kind of hamburger style. Mm -hmm. Fold it in half. Yeah, there you go. That's what teachers say, hamburger style, when it's that way. The other, the other direction will be hot dog style. So, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, and so we're gonna use the paper like we're gonna use the left side and the right side. So when you open it up, we're gonna use the left side and the right side. And uh, on the left side, we're gonna label it front. So on the left side, we'll label it front. On the top and the back, the right side, 
we're going to label it back. So the left side is front and the right side is back. Okay. And um, those who are doing your mask online, you know, it's only three steps. So we, we tell people that it's, um, it's simple, but it may not be easy. So there's three simple steps. That means most people could do those three steps, but it may not be easy in terms of where you, the things that may happen in your mind or your heart when you think of them. So first step, which hopefully is the easiest one, is to draw a mask. So whatever you draw is perfect. So our first step is to draw a mask. So, so no pressure. You put in my my artistic <laughs> abilities here on the on the spot. I'm much more and, comfortable speaking than I am drawing, Ashanti. I didn't know I'm going to be drawing today. And most people, they find this part to be the hardest, right? And I always tell people, whether they're in middle school or they're they're doctors, I say, hey, whatever you draw is perfect. There's All no right. judgment here. And, uh, and no, no, no judgment until you see what I come up with. <laughs> oh, right. man. We, we've seen masks. We've seen some masks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here oh, we go. Okay. So we're doing we're doing that on the front, right? On the front side, yeah. Okay. You just draw draw a picture of a mask, whatever comes to your mind, whatever you think of. What's my mind is trying to draw a blank right now? Okay, I know what I'm doing. All right. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So we have the mask now. Now on the left side, which is the front of the mask, we're gonna write three words or three phrases that are qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see. So what are three qualities or characteristics of yourself that you gladly let the world see? Um, and you write those anywhere on the left side. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, so that's the front. And now we're moved to the back. And the back is different than the front. The back is um, those things that we don't usually let people see. Now, I was in a workshop yesterday and I had a student say, um, so I got to write the things I hide. And I'm like, well, no, if, if you hide them, you, you've decided that they need to be hidden for a reason. I'm not asking anybody to put themselves out in a way. Um, and it was in middle school. So, you know, and they're a lot of worried about the, the judgments of others. So I said, um, it's anonymous, but you don't have to do things you hide, but what are things you may, maybe you want to talk more about, but you don't get to talk about maybe some things that you, or concerned about it, whatever it may be for yourself. What are the things that are behind the mask that are not the things you gladly show every day? So the back of the mask are three things, words or phrases that you don't usually talk much about, but that you'll be willing to share today. Okay. Mm -hmm. How are we doing there? I, got, I think I got, got, got some it? stuff here. Yeah, I got some stuff. Okay, we got something to work with. We're gonna um, uh, in some of the workshops I've done. I've done you know hundreds of workshops. I think um, the part because in a workshop they're all anonymous and we we don't no one has to read their own card. Uh, the the piece of like that connection is um, when people get to hear other cards, but that they're not reading their own. That awakening that, oh, wow, there's so much more to each of us, you know, but thank you for being willing to to share yours here. So since you're the guest, you get to decide who goes first. Either I go first or you go first and, and whatever you choose is good. I want to I want to get mine out of the way. So, OK, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. So here here. Can you can you guys see see my mask there? 
Uh, I, see, I, see, I see the silhouette of it. It's going okay. to be perfect. Yeah, so yes. we're, and you're going to read it anyway. So, yeah. Okay. So we'll, yeah. It's, it's better that you just see the silhouette. <laughs> so uh, on, the, on the front side here, um, so what I want people to it, – it's, it's interesting because I, one of these are on both, both sides. Mm. Um, so I have hardworking is on the front, uh, optimistic, and compassionate. That's what I want people to see. Uh, now on the back, I have sensitive, anxious, and hardworking. That's the one that's on both sides um, mm. because I can, like a lot of guys, I can get consumed in my work yeah. uh, and become a bit of a workhorse and kind of hide behind my work and use yeah. it as one of those things to distract myself um, from other things that I need to be paying attention to. So uh, that's actually on both sides. So the so the um just just run 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 one more time for me the front was I have hard working hard working yeah optimistic optimistic and compassionate mm, yeah and on on the back I have sensitive yeah uh, now I'm a I'm a sensitive dude and that's just between me and you <laughs> Ashanti and now I guess everyone else that's that's listening to this <laughs> um you know like forty million other Americans I can get anxious too. And so anxiety mm. is definitely something uh, that I struggle with. And I guess that process of me trying to figure myself out yeah. um, is really one of the things that spearheaded my work in mental health. Um, and then the last thing I have on here is that I can be a bit of a, a workhorse. So I can, yeah. I can just get caught up in my, in my work. And I try to hide that uh, as well. Man, okay. All right, well. There's a lot of similarities, and I resonate with with, with a lot of those. So, yeah. let me tell you how it how it showed up on mine. Um, okay, here's here's what I drew in this season today. I drew this uh, oh, this that's mask. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the words I came up with for the front were caring, hey. hardworking, and passionate. Passionate, yeah, and and compassionate. I think the caring, like my compassion is under this caring way, right? Like I try and I, I'm really dedicated to this work, you know. And I think the hardworking one is one that oftentimes we talk about being a workhorse. I, like I am a sometimes an addict to the work, you know. Yeah. Like in the in the doing, in the doing is where I feel like I am the best being. And I don't know that that's always, I don't know that I want that, but there's just kind of like old patterns that are rooted into like, if you're sitting around doing nothing, you're mm -hmm. like nothing, right? So therefore, in my mind, subconsciously, I have to keep doing in order mm -hmm. to be, res to be, um, to accept my being. Right. And I think I, I'm working on changing the definition in my relationship to the doing, you know? Right. Um, I, I think I'm always be a doer. I'm a hard worker. I, I work real hard, mm -hmm. but I think I don't want to be like, if I'm doing nothing, then I feel like I'm being lazy or, right. um, uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm working on. That's the word. Yeah. I, I think it's going to come into this, uh, fear of failure. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this. Uh, mm -hmm. this is the back. So here's the back. The back is, mm. Things I don't talk much about: fear of failure, self doubt. Uh, I did four. Am I enough? Mm -hmm. And then the last one I wrote was family drama. Mm. 
mm. uh, just uh, just stuff that just pops up, you know. Um, the one that that stand out to me today, just based on what you were sharing, is this out of this fear of failure of like, mm-hmm. like, I think I'm so hardworking because there's the self doubt. Like, can I really do this? I have this big vision. Like, we're gonna collect a million masks from around the world. How we're gonna do this? How how is that gonna happen? Um, I have a vision of it. I have a, I, I can see the celebration of it. The, the challenge is like what happens between here and the celebration, right? Like all yeah. the things that have to happen, the, the, the many different no's and yeses and maybes that have to come in that place and, um, how not to take the no's personally, because I feel deeply connected to this work. I'm, I, I take this work personally. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's personal to me, right? I don't, it's not, I don't do this for a job. I do this because I, I was a young man who didn't have the support I think I needed. And I luckily stayed away from some of these wrong roads that were, that I was on my way to. Sometimes I wanted to be down the wrong roads. And, uh, and I think the one that stands out is this idea this, this past Saturday, um, it was a Sunday, it was Sunday. It was a three day weekend, MLK junior weekend. And, um, it was like midnight, mm-hmm. like, I, I forgot that I had Monday off, so I forgot. So I'm like, oh, I got a bunch of stuff I got to get done. And I was trying to get some bunch of emails done. I was working on this and working on that. And I, I said, okay, it's like midnight. It's like 1230. Okay, I'm going to just check email one more time, mm-hmm. see if I can get a couple more things done. My eyes are already like t- heavy. Yeah. I go to the email and I see this one email from Friday that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Um, and it was like a grant that we were um, like, we're, we're like right here about to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it was just like a positive message. And it was like, and in that moment I was like midnight. Okay. I'm working so hard to try and find these resources to run this nonprofit. And a little bit of light just came into the tunnel. Right. A little bit of light. Right. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like it was, yeah, it's all finished. It was more like, okay, we got, I got a little breathing room. And I said, right that moment, I was like, I'm closing the computer, I'm closing right. the computer, right? I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then I, at that moment while I was closing the computer, I realized, wait, I got tomorrow off. What? <laughs> I, I, I didn't even realize that, you know, I was like so busy just the doing, the doing as opposed to right. just like tomorrow is a holiday, like, and I get to, you know, rest. Right. And uh, I really made it intentional on Monday to rest, and so uh, yeah, those are the things that are really present right now as I'm as as I reflect and re- um, hear your mask and yeah, and I'll tell you a lot of that resonates with me too. I mean, the failure piece. I, I think I need to check, but I want to say the last story I shared to my Instagram was actually about failure. You know, about mm. Michael Jordan saying that you know he had missed. Thousand shot, thousands of shots over his career, and the reason right. why he succeeds is because he's failed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that you know that's something that a lot of us struggle with. You know, I I definitely have that same fear because I guess in my line of work, and I think in yours too. I mean, failure and success is really hard to identify. Like, how do you know that you are succeeding you know yeah, uh how yeah. do you know if you're failing right yeah and yeah. so a lot of times those emails that you get or those little nuggets of validation they make you feel good but they're not always there yeah right yeah <laughs> oh you're right. not getting those how, how do you stay motivated <laughs> you know and especially how do you say motivated in the context like when i was a teacher okay 
if a lot of students are passing their tests or their quizzes, I'm yeah. like, okay, we're making progress. But you can often see the failure part. You're like, okay, goodness, why? Right. Why did why did he write that? Why did he write? You know, yeah. why did she write that? Like the the pieces where you're like, I I can be clear about where I'm not doing a good job, and then right. there's a few little glimpses in there along. But you're also you're building you're planting seeds for the future, right? So right. even if a kid may not do so well today in this class, but at least they built some confidence and they built some willingness to try and yeah. they some stick to itness, right? But I think like as a nonprofit leader, it's kind of like the I mean, you know, do we have enough money for this payroll coming right. up, right? Is there right. enough, you know, how long are we going to last if we bring nothing else in for the next couple of months, you know? Like all those yeah. questions you got to keep asking when you're kind of, when you're in the, when you get to be creative, but also you're responsible for people's livelihood, right? In a lot right. of ways. It feels that way, you know? Like, um, I take, so, so, I take. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was, no, I was, I I was yeah, I was going to say something, something that I've been doing recently. I don't know uh, about you, but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I'll just ask myself, you know, Greg, did, did you do good work today? Mm. You know, um, yeah. are you, are you living out your purpose? And I, I mean, Ashanti, I have to ask myself those things. Cause if I don't, yeah. it can be really easy. Again, we know when we fail, like if I, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll get a, a negative review about my book, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, a patient, I'll work with a patient, maybe the patient didn't like something about me, it will make that clear um, to me. But yeah. oftentimes, you know, when we're succeeding, you know, when I'm helping people, um, when people enjoy my book, you know, when they think that a conversation I had was was great um, and it really inspired them, you know, they're not necessarily saying a whole lot, you know, mm. so you have to rely on, on something else That's to right. really find that motivation to do the work that you believe that you've been called to do. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I think that's really um, – imagine, like, the young people we work with in our world, you know. I mean, I didn't grow up in a world where people who you didn't know would never meet could judge you technically, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. I grew up in a world where if somebody had something bad about you to say, they had to come say it to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they may call you, but you could, you know, you could maybe not answer the phone or be like, I'm not going to – like. but that's all there was. Now – with our with social media allows us to like people who are we will never meet may not even be the person who's on the picture who's saying that they who's saying the thing like can say the most horrible things or can do do all kind of other things right that are, that right. this allows them to do um when it allows this anonymity somewhat right to like mm -hmm. spew these things and i think our kids who are having to now navigate a world where if they're not careful, they can always be trying to impress this right. moving target of coolness, of specialness, of um, importance, of, mm -hmm. of value. Mm -hmm. And and I and I tell kids when I work with them, I say, listen, I don't think I I don't try to understand I know what you're going through, but I ask a lot of questions because I'm curious. And I and I think it's important that you all begin to find the voice to help adults understand what you're going through because we don't know that world. We, mm -hmm. we, our circle of friends that are people at our school, the people who talks, who want to say anything about us had to say it right there. We didn't have a randomness. There wasn't like somebody from some other continent right, right. saying something about us in a, in a platform publicly where other people are seeing it and then chiming in, right? Like how often 
or that I didn't look for validation from random people who I didn't know would never meet, right? I wasn't like, I need 50, 100 people, 50, right. I need 50,000 people to like this thing. Like, what? Right. I got right. like three friends. I got three friends. <laughs> as long as I can get those three friends to like these shoes that I'm wearing, like, I'm looking for what? I'm, I, need, I need likes by how many people? Like, yeah. how much pressure does that put on people to try and be something and it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a new challenge for the younger generation. Yeah. I mean, if it's challenging for us, imagine what it's like for younger younger people. That's right. You know, for for kids, That's um, right. you know, to really find how how do you get that internal validation? You know, feeling like you know you you're good enough, you're worthy, yeah. uh, regardless of how many people like your posts on Instagram or tell you, you know, that you you know that they like what you're wearing or how you look. Um, right. you know, I think, I think that it's a, it's a new challenge that, that we're facing these days. It is. I, I agree. You know, in, in your work, since you work with doing a lot of work with men, like, what are you, maybe I could just ask the question really open-ended, like, what are you hearing from men that are some of the biggest challenges? Like, as you know, when we think about self-healing mind, like, yeah, like a lot of things that I maybe still battle with, like, I've never talked about them so no no i wouldn't even know to ask somebody to help with those things right i think sometimes they just come up in the middle of mm. a random thing right like yeah. on the freeway and i'm like why am i getting so irritated right now why am i what's going on what's behind this irritation with traffic right yeah. i mean it is 7 30 in the morning everyone is on the way to work there's going to yeah. be traffic how is it like setting you off in a different way today and i think like I had to, sometimes I have to ask myself, like, well, slow down. Why, why, what are you so in a hurry for? What are you so, like all the things that I have to kind of check back to why I'm finding myself in such those modes. But what are you hearing from men around the country, around the world, around where some of the barriers are, where the, where the yeah. challenges are? Like, well, let, let's start off with some, some statistics here that some people okay. may or may not be familiar with, right? Right. So over 140 suicides every day uh, on average in this country alone, mm. which is unfortunate. And I'll tell you this, you know, the suicide rate among men is three to four times what it is among women. However, women tend to be diagnosed with depression, which is one of the primary risk factors for suicide, about twice as often as men are. Now, does that mean that men are never getting depressed or they're never experiencing anxiety or they're never getting stressed out? No, it doesn't mean that, right? What it yeah. means is that they're not talking about it. They're not talking about what they're feeling and they're not getting help. They're not getting diagnosed. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, and I'm encouraged by this, Ashanti, you know, the fact that every man is doing great work. Men's health is doing great work. You and I yeah. are having this conversation right now. Because I think that men who are listening to conversations like this one might start to resonate with some of the things that we're saying. And maybe they didn't even know they were depressed or anxious. So they're having those moments on the highway where they're like questioning why they're feeling the way they are. Yeah. You know. But if that questioning process can then encourage them to maybe have a conversation with a friend, have a conversation with you know, their pastor or someone in their family, or even maybe a therapist. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's actually getting the ball rolling in the right direction so we can start to reverse some of those uh, statistics. 
Man, thank you for sharing the statistics. I think um, sometimes when you hear the the you know, I knew there was a a challenge in that category. I would say a problem um, that we should not be ignoring, that we should not take our eyes off of. And oftentimes, what we what 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 gets a lot of the attention is what the media puts out as. I mean, I don't even watch TV, so only way I know what the media says about stuff is because it's on my phone too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they all got Instagram, Twitter channels, you know, so they all are pumping out stories of the hot news and hot this and and I think that. If we're not, if we're, as, a, as a society, if we're not careful, we could easily keep our eyes focused on the, the flashy, bright, shiny news things and ignore the stuff that is actually hurting more people if we just looked at it in terms of quantity of people who are, um, are harmed by whatever thing there is. And I think what I see with young men in our work is that they're walking around just like, like landmines. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think to not have a place that you can just be yourself, to have, have a place where you can talk about what's going on. Um, when when you said that quote, I was thinking about this. There was a quote um, someone shared the other day um, in one of my circles, and it said, um, "Is is by a person named Pat Conroy, and I don't know if it's a song or if it's a poem, but it's called Beach Music. That's where it's from. But this is what it says: It says, men are allotted just as many tears as women.'" But because we are forbid we are forbidden to share them, we die long before women do. Mm. With our hearts exploding or our blood pressure rising or our livers eaten away by alcohol because the lake of grief inside us has no outlet. We men die because our faces are not watered enough. And man, when I heard that, it just reminded me of some of these young men, these teenage boys who I work with who you can see it, you can see it on them. You can see they're just heavy. Mm. And you ask them, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Fine. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Right. And, I, and I trust fine means fine for a lot of people, but we also know in one of our shirts of I'm fine, it's like there's so many words behind that fine, right? Fine is just the word that we know usually disarms people from asking more questions. Right. I'm good. Right. I'm cool. I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm you know, and I think oftentimes when they get trained that that's the way to keep people away, mm-hmm. maybe they want people to be closer or connected, but it's also dangerous to ask for that sometimes in different communities, right? And so what I know, um, one of the young men yesterday in the middle school, he was he was sharing something really deep, right? And I think when he said it, you could see him look around because he was almost in shock that no one snickered, no one laughed. It was almost like... He was in shock that he said it, but he's also, as he looked around, like people were just listening. Mm-hmm. And I think as he looked around to like almost thinking that he was going to hear somebody laugh, like he was almost like he was waiting for somebody to laugh, right? Because right. that, that, that moment of like, he was like in shock. He was like, oh my goodness, I just said something really personal and no one responded negatively. And it was so beautiful just to watch him. I just, I watched him. I just watched his energy like, and himself, him calm down, like just calm in that moment, right? I think, and, I, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that. And I think, I mean, as psychologically minded men, yeah, Ashanti, we have a responsibility too, yeah, right? Because a lot of times, like you said, when you know, when someone asks how someone else is doing, they say, "I'm fine," then the person asking that question will just say, "Okay, whatever," and they'll walk away, you know. 
Yeah. When that fine might really be, or I'm fine might be a cry for help. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, again, as psychologically minded men or anyone listening to this, yeah. I think we have a responsibility to follow up on questions like that. No, man, how you, how you really doing? Yeah. You know, like invite, invite those types of conversations. Um, you don't have to do it every single time, but as long as you're, you know, doing it every once in a while, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how many guys will start to open up, uh, and then you can open back up to them, you know, and that conversation might turn into a friendship. Because one other thing I want to add here yeah. that I'm hearing a lot about that I think is really contributing to, um, you know mental illnesses and mental health problems uh, among men in particular is this idea of loneliness. A lot of yeah. men these days are very, very lonely and it's not mm. cool to be lonely. They don't want to That's tell right. you they're lonely. And there's a lot of shame they carry with that. Yeah. So I mean, a conversation and, and, you know, really connecting with someone can go a long way as far as helping reduce that, that loneliness epidemic that we're seeing among men uh, as well. Yeah. And to know that it, like, if I talk about it, like it may be just the beginning of the way right. out of it as opposed to it's going to make things worse. Right. Like right. I think sometimes our men may believe like if I just don't talk about it, it's going to just go away. Right. right? Or it's going to just stuff it. I'm going to stuff it, repress it, deny it, ignore it. Mm-hmm. And I tell the, the, the men that I talk to and the young men in our work, you know, our, our oldest members of our program, you know, we started Ever Forward in 2004. You know, they're in their 30s, right? So when I reach out to them and I check in with them and I say, how things going? And they're like, oh, good, everything's going good. I'm like, oh, cool, right on. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, just like in the old Ever Forward Club, when th- if things are not going good, you know you got someone to talk to, right? And I think that idea of that moment of like, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to, I'm not calling you randomly to make you tell me something you don't want to tell me, but I am here to say that if you get to a place where it's not going good, you don't have to hold it, right? And I think so many men in our work, definitely young men who have come back in our in our connection, like they'll tell you three months later, "Oh man, I've been having a rough time." I'm like, "Why you didn't Why you didn't call? Why you didn't right. call?" They're like, "Why well, don't want to bother you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> like, like don't worry about me. Like, don't like I'll worry about me, right? Like, if I, but I think that the idea of like not, and I get it." When they tell me that they didn't want to tell me they've been they've been three months going through some stuff living in their car, yeah. like when I when I hear that I'm like, why didn't you call me? Like why didn't you? And you're just like, I may not have been able to help, but I at least would have not not been able to offer just a, some words of encouragement or something, right? Yeah. And I think some people think, well, why well, tell you about it if you can't fix it? And I think that the idea is that talking about it only is important if it can be fixed, as opposed to talking about it as a way of us being able to think past the problem into whatever realm of potential solutions, you know? I'll tell you, man, I, I reached out to a friend, just something told me to call an old buddy of mine. I hadn't talked to him in maybe two years. Yeah. And so beginning of the year, uh, picked up the phone and called him. And I found out that he, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail here, but he had really been going through some, some serious stuff. Yeah. Um, and at first, I mean, my, my, my natural tendency was to think, okay, you know, we've been good friends for 20 years. Why didn't he call me? But then I was thinking, I haven't called him in two years. I haven't checked on him either. You know, 
Yeah. That's as much on me as it is on him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 so yeah. again, I think, you know, we yeah. have, we have a responsibility too. I think to, to make sure that we're really caring about the people in our lives that we're checking yeah. in on them. Uh, and I'm, I'm as guilty of that just as anyone else is. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I'm working on in, in my own personal life, I'm reaching out to people, uh, making sure that I'm following up on them, seeing how they're doing. Um, cause we're here to, to take care of each other. I had a young man, um, who he actually went through one of our workshops, mm-hmm. uh, and I will never forget him because his mask, like the masks are all anonymous, but he decided to put his name on his. And I was like, why, you know, why, why did he put his name on this thing, right? But it was a powerful mask. And, you know, he's now a basketball player on, in Switzerland. Um, and uh, he – is that Switzerland? Or Swiss? Yeah, Switzerland. And um, he uh, he said that. He said, you know, his his context, his mom always said to him, if you're thinking about somebody, right, call him, text him, like let him know, right? And I think that – that idea of just even if it's just a quick text or a quick like voicemail to let people know, right? Because sometimes they may not know, right? And I tell young people in our work, I said, "Who's who's importantly important in your life?" Oh, into my mom. I said, oh, "Okay, cool. Uh, why?" And they tell me why. And I said, "When was the last time you told her?" Right. <laughs> and they'd be like, "And I said, okay, if you don't remember, that means it's probably been a while." <laughs> right. I said, so my, I said, my invitation was had this happen yesterday at that workshop. I was like, if, uh, my invitation is that you tell her sometime soon, like right. the next 48 hours, like you got to go and tell her, right? right? Because you may think people know, I mean, we think we could think a lot of things, but to hear it, yeah. to, that, 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 that other side of the comfort of it, right? Yeah. Of people knowing as opposed to like, oh, I didn't get to tell them. I didn't right. get to tell them that last time. I didn't get to... I didn't, I don't know if they knew how much it was important to me, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think that's so powerful. So powerful. And that, that can help with the loneliness too. I mean, us reaching out to other people because then that invites them to reach back out to us. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so even if we're reaching out to 10, 15 people and only three people are responding, that's three more people that we're connected with yeah. than before. Right. Yeah. That's right. And so, That's right. I mean, I just, again, I'm hearing so much about this loneliness and it can be very traumatic, especially for guys, you know, even, even Ashanti guys who have a lot of people in their lives are telling me sometimes they feel lonely. They feel like they're not really meaningfully connecting with the people in their lives. So yeah. that's, that's when these types of conversations actually go a long way. And so it's not, so what you're saying, when I hear you saying is, it's not just about there's nobody around them, is that there's a connection. They feel missing. like they're not connected. Mm, yeah. 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 You know, they feel like, you know, like you said, I mean, they're wearing their mask yeah. everywhere. Yeah. They're presenting this front. That's why I'm you trying. see people like Twitch yeah. recently, who unfortunately, you know, lost his life to suicide, mm. you know, public figure in the limelight. And we've seen yeah. that happen over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, I obviously didn't know him, don't know what was going on in his life mm. personally. Uh, but I think in general, you know, if we can somehow figure out a way to develop these more meaningful connections. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I think that can actually do a lot for improving um, our mental health and helping with that, uh, that feeling of loneliness that people are experiencing. 
I, I, I want to, first of all, thank you for bringing that Twitch up because I think it's something that's really been impactful for me as I've been talking a lot about this. But, and I want to, I want to just, um, like normally we don't get into like the semantics, but I want to ask you about semantics because you're a psychologist mm -hmm. and you probably mm -hmm. know a lot more about this than, than I do. So when you said lost his life to suicide, right? I, I read an article recently about, around, around how we describe certain things, right? How we, how we talk about them. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm telling, what I, what I found in the article was interesting was that the, context wasn't so much about the fact that, that this thing had happened but the article it was just I mean I'm, I mean there's plenty of articles out there for a lot of things but it was about how we describe it mm -hmm. and I and I and so before we <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the question because like, I think the way my brain is working is like I, I have an answer for you it's a good question <laughs> I'm just I'm waiting for it man oh man I was just like are we more concerned about how somebody says this thing than how than this than that this is happening over yeah. and over and over again? I felt like it was, yeah, and I, I don't know why I picked up on that energy so much, but yeah. I was like, can we just can we be more upset about the fact that people feel helpless and and so alone and so isolated that they feel like they don't want to be here anymore, as opposed to like how I describe what the behavior was? I think that's the, what. And so the question is more of just like a concern. Like, right. what do you think causes that thing that people well, would? We have to be, we do have to be careful about how we, how we say it and the words that we use. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Dr. Christine Moutier, who is the president of the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, okay. actually duly schooled me <laughs> in how I should be um communicating this because i didn't always get it right either as a psychiatrist yeah. so we want to avoid using phrases like commit suicide right to make it yeah. seem like this is something that a person did to themselves they chose to do this they made a a conscious decision and they did this right yeah, yeah. we don't say someone killed themselves with cancer right mm. or someone killed themselves with a heart attack so the, the terminology that the American Foundation uh, for Suicide Prevention is recommending is that we say died by suicide. Like this is the method by which the person lost his or her life. And the thing is, you have to keep in mind that when people die by suicide, almost always it's a mental illness that is responsible for that death, whether yeah. it's depression, uh, or schizophrenia or bipolar yeah. uh, disorder, right? Yeah. And so, um, and oftentimes if we're able to treat the mental illness or cure the mental illness, then we've saved the life, right? Mm. Now, the thing we all have to keep in mind is that a lot of people who are struggling with mental illness are not seeing a psychiatrist like me, right? Mm. They're not getting treatment, right? Yeah. And so... You know, we just have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, these conversations that we're having here on this podcast and in our everyday life, yeah. you know, can sometimes end up saving another person's life. I mean, they're that they're that important. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for for breaking that down. And I think I um, it helps. It definitely helps mm -hmm. as I get as I talk as we have this conversation comes up and it's important to 
to have that. And I, and then I go to the side where I'm like, but what are we going to do about this? So how, how do we be more wise about how we talk about it mm-hmm. and wise about people who that we're not waiting until the tragedy before we talk about it, right? Like right. we can talk about it before so that there can be some, some, some support around it, you know? I think we have to normalize talking about it. We have to yeah. normalize going to therapy. Yeah. Um, like really normalize it, not just me sitting up here on a pedestal saying, if you're struggling, you should go to therapy. Yeah. Here's normalizing it. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm an MD. Yeah. I have a therapist, right? Yeah. I have a therapist. I go to my therapy appointment every Tuesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's useful for me, right? And yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. It's normal. It's okay, yeah. right? Doesn't mean yeah. I'm crazy or weird or something's wrong with me, right? That's right. That's right. Um, and I think we need to encourage that, encourage yeah. that. Um yeah. To the extent that therapy is not, mm. or talking about mental health is not just normal, but it's it's expected. It's expected that we do it. Yeah. And I think that this is really powerful because I, when I talk to parents, I tell parents, I say, you know, maybe you found yourself, if your child had a, a breakup with a friend as an adult, you could easily be putting on an adult mindset on this child situation and telling your kid, you don't need them friends anyway. Right. Get over it. <laughs> And if we don't are not careful, we could negate the f- real feeling that a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, whoever, whatever age, mm-hmm. it, that emptiness that is losing a friend, as opposed to the adult behavior where you're like, forget them. You don't need right. them anyway. You got family. How you how you feel lonely right. when you got family here? And right. to like not realize that it's not about people around you, it's about connection right. to those people around you, you know? Right. It, and when people are growing up, when kids are growing up, you have to keep in mind that the brain is still developing mm-hmm. too. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, kids are still, they're still not just kids. I mean, I I'd really say, you know, moving into your, your early twenties, mid twenties, I mean, you're still frontal lobe of your brain is still developing. You're still trying to figure out who you are. Your personality is developing. You're still questioning how you fit in, you know, what your role should be. And and it could be very confusing uh, for young people. And so I think, you know, as, as, as people who aren't old, but older, you know, talking to younger people, right. I'm not old. Maybe you are, but I'm not. Um, But I, (laughs) I mean, just creating an environment where one of my good friends used to always say, um, curiosity before judgment, Mm, right? And I thought that was just so beautiful, like being curious about young people and the people in our lives. I mean, we actually learn a lot, and I think that that helps them in the course of their development. So huge, so important. Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, Dr. Brown, I am so glad to be back in this conversation with you. Uh, uh, it would be helpful if you, I want you to maybe give a couple of sentences about your book and then tell people how they can find it, how they can yeah. find you, where the best places for them to follow you, um, to stay engaged with the work that you're doing. Um, I re- Please do that for the folks. So the book is The Self-Healing Mind. I got a copy right here. Um, and it's really a book about evidence-based self-care. And so the second half of the book goes into the five essential pillars of self-care, sleep, spirituality, nutrition, breath work, and movement, uh, and mm. talks about how each of us can take actionable steps to utilize those self-care strategies to improve our mental health. Uh, and the first half of the book, which I'm particularly proud of, is where I invite other wellness advocates actually share their stories of how wellness and self-care has improved their mental health. So 
Uh, Marcus Smith is one of the stories I tell. He's a former NFL linebacker who struggled with uh, depression, uh, was able to overcome it. Danae Mercer uh, is a former journalist and body positivity activist um, who once struggled with anorexia. Um, Kevin Hines, I don't know if you've gotten to know uh, Kevin Ashanti, but you, you totally should. He's someone you should talk to. Uh, so Kevin, do you know Kevin? From the Bay Area, right? He's from the Bay from Area. From the Bay Area, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. so Kevin Kevin has a powerful story. When he was 19 or 20, uh, struggling with bipolar disorder, um, you know, significant suicide attempt, uh, jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, miraculously survived, yeah. um, and he has just lived to tell his story. He's been just a staunch, passionate advocate, suicide prevention activist, Um, and he, he shared his story with me, you know, as well. And the one common thread again, you know, professional mental health care, medications, therapy, but Mm -hmm. self-care is one of those things that all of them have utilized and that's helped support them through their mental health, uh, and wellness journey. So, you know, I encourage anyone to to check out the book and visit my website at gregoryscottbrown.com or, Uh, go to Amazon or your independent bookstore, uh, wherever you get your books. Well, we will put all of those uh, notes in the show notes so folks can reach out and follow and connect with you. And thanks for sharing those those people who you who are part of this project. You're not yeah. so cr- critical to us elevating the voices and to making the voices be heard in more arenas because I think that's what we need right now. Right. You know, and right. so thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for taking off the mask um, with us. And I look forward to this being just one of many connections along this journey. Thanks, Ashanti. So happy to to be with you today. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Everforward. Vanessa Cortez, and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11 11 22 that's november 11th of 2022 there's a math problem in there you can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media take care and we'll see you soon